Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Dojos of DFW podcast. Um, just a quick introduction this time. Uh, this week we are talking to John Thompson of Aikido of Denton. And um, during the interview, John will give uh, information about where you can find the school um, and the website and everything like that will be here at the end. Um, so please enjoy this second episode of uh, the Dojos of DFW podcast and stay tuned um, next week for our third episode with uh, the owners of uh, Top Game Jiu-Jitsu in Corinth. Um, and then we'll probably be moving on to our two-week, uh, every two weeks um, for episodes after that. But I wanted to get these first few out each week um, so we can get this podcast going. All right, thanks. All right, well, welcome to uh, this third episode of the Dojos of DFW podcast. I'm here today at Aikido of Denton, and I'm here with the owner, John Thompson. And we're going to talk a little bit about the school today and uh, a little bit about Aikido because I think most of us outside of Steven Seagal, we don't know much about <laughs> Aikido. And, uh, and, and I'm sure that the community really wants to change that. So <laughs> we're going to find out a lot about uh, as much as we can today and a little bit about this, uh, this school that's uh, been part of Denton for a little while and um, kind of hear a little bit from him. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So just to start out, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your history with martial arts and how you ended up choosing Aikido? Sure. Uh, even at a young age, of course, like most young boys, uh, I really liked watching uh, martial arts movies. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm an avid comic book collector. I uh, was an avid professional wrestling uh, fan as mm-hmm. well. So uh, I don't know. I was really attracted to two people fighting. Sure. <laughs> uh, and even at early age... Uh, Around high school, uh, I'd spend time in, in bookstores and put my head in the, the martial arts books and the Aikido books kind of stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't, of course, later I'd read more about it and learn more about the founder, uh, Morihei Ueshiba, uh, but seeing an old man throw people was, was kind of cool, so yeah. that, that kind of attracted me to the, that art in particular. Mm-hmm. And when did you start training? I actually, out of high school, trained a little bit in uh, my hometown of Kingsville, Texas, in South Texas, for just like a month or two with a teacher who taught judo and tamiki-style Aikido. Uh, and then right after that, I moved up to Denton, Texas to attend the University of North Texas. Mm-hmm. Didn't really have a lot of time to look for a martial art when I got here. Uh, I didn't know anyone at all. Uh, was working and going to college. But after about a year of settling down, found an Aikido club mm-hmm. on campus and so I, I started there it was a different style but it was it was a style more of what I was really interested in anyway so that's that's mm-hmm. where I began that was October 1995 mm-hmm. that group is still active isn't it or is it I don't think so seems like it was it's while. gone through a few iterations mm-hmm. uh, I was the president of it for a while mm-hmm. uh, I tried to keep it alive for a little bit and then I knew another I believe in a Wama style Aikido group mm-hmm. had taken it over. I'm not too sure about the current situation. I, I moved here in 2000 and was at UNT for graduate school. It seemed like it was still around then, I think, for sure. <laughs> I believe so. I believe that was, uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he was he was a good guy. He was an Awama style practitioner. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then how long have you had um, a school here in Denton? Uh, the university club I was part of also had... Uh, a regular dojo in town and uh, so I was of course part of both of them I officially took it over in the summer of 2000 okay great and then how long in this current location we've been in this current location for four years Uh, we were just across the street for many more Mm -hmm. Uh, we tripled our space so it was it was a big Mm -hmm. jump 
but it was well worth it. That's great. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about um, Aikido as an art and its history and um, kind of how it relates to other Japanese styles, if at all? Sure. Oh, it's it's mm-hmm. definitely very Japanese. <laughs> um, I don't think it's a precursor that people know about Japanese history or culture to do it, um, but it is definitely mired in, in Japanese Japanese way of thinking. Uh, there was a gentleman named Morhei Ueshiba who was born in 1883. Uh, he was born to a pretty affluent family mm-hmm. and at an early age uh, saw his father being, being uh, roughed up by political opponents. Uh, so he, he kind of had an early start as far as wanting to be able to protect his family and protect himself. Uh, his mother was very into esoteric types of spirituality and religion, which if you read about him, he, he definitely gained from her. But even as a young child, he was playing with different styles, uh, sumo styles, uh, sword, spear, uh, a lot of different martial arts. The one in particular that he did was uh, Aiki Jiu-Jitsu, mm-hmm. which he learned from a, a gentleman named, uh, Sak- I butchered this a little bit, Sakaku Takeda. Uh, and most of what we do in Aikido technically is probably derivative from that Aiki Jiu-Jitsu mm-hmm. style. Uh, he just kind of wandered around. Uh, at an early age, he was ahead of a group that uh, went into northern Japan and kind of started some settlements and some rough terrain. So he became a leader of people very early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he progressed in his Aiki Jiu-Jitsu, he realized that he needed to kind of show this to his people around him. Uh, I think that's where he started to kind of come up with his own ideas. Mm-hmm. Again, with his kind of philosophical and spiritual bits, he started putting those two things together and uh, kind of created his own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what uh, you, you mentioned, I think, at least two different styles now how many different styles within Aikido are there or how many offshoots of Aikido are there oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) or are there are there some main there are definitely some main ones Mm -hmm. uh I'm part of uh what we call Aikikai Aikido which Mm -hmm. is still probably the largest organization of Aikido in the world uh directly related to the the Ueshiba family Mm -hmm. uh the grandson is now the current leader or doshu uh, the other big styles I would say would be the Iwama style. Uh, Saito Sensei was a big student of the founder. He has his own school. Uh, there's there's a few other really big styles, but I, I would say Aikikai is pretty pretty large. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so a little bit about um, you as an artist. Um, how, how is the ranking system in Aikido done? Um, and just here at the school or just in general? And... Uh, we have a pretty formalized system. It's a Q-based system. Uh, we start at 6Q and work up 5, 4, 3, 2, first Q. Uh, traditionally, all those ranks are just wear a white belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, locally, uh, we wear brown belts on second and first Q just to help kind of see who the senior students are. And when beginners come in, they know who to approach and who to ask questions to. Very hierarchical, like most martial arts. Mm-hmm. After that, there's a Don system, black belts, and uh, starts at one and goes up. Uh, most of the master teachers that I've, I've had experience with are eighth Don or seventh mm-hmm. Don. You're starting to see some Americans hit that that ranking system. Mm-hmm. And um, what's your personal, um, do you have a personal lineage of instructors? Or Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh 
when I first started, I was part of a, I guess you could say a splinter group. It's funny you mentioned mm. the organizations. Uh, it's just like anything where there's a lot of people, there's going to be dissent, huh? Right. <laughs> uh, so I was part of a splinter organization, but uh, my first teacher, his, his master teacher passed on. And so when that happened, he kind of went back to one of his teachers in Austin, Joseph Birdsong. Uh, who was part of this larger Aikikai organization. <clears throat> so at that point, we, we shifted over. That's where I met Bob Mason, who runs Aikido of Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of became really close. I still consider him one of my main teachers today. Uh, we were under the umbrella of Akira Tohei Shihan, who was an eighth-degree direct student of the founder who came over from Japan in 1976. That was my first experience with an actual Shihan or teacher's mm-hmm. teacher. And it was definitely a different experience. Right. I, I remember the first night I saw him. I mean, when he, he walked in the door, and you could just tell there was something different about mm-hmm. this guy. Uh, you know, a guy who dedicated his whole life to the art. Uh, he unfortunately passed on in 1999. Mm-hmm. Uh, when that happened, uh, we eventually went under the tutelage of Yamada. Yoshimitsu Yamada-sensei out of New York, who's also Shihan, uh, who also came to America very early on and was a direct student of a sensei. So I was very lucky because Toei-sensei watched everyone's and graded everyone's tests. You don't really see that mm-hmm. as far as the Q ranks go. So literally every one of my Q ranks was, was watched by a master teacher, mm-hmm. which is really funny because now I administer those Q tests to my students. <laughs> uh, and then all my Don tests were were observed and watched and graded by Yamada Sensei. Mm-hmm. So I I feel very honored that I had first generation students, you know, mm-hmm. that had their eyes on me. Mm-hmm. And how do your um, promotions work? Is it a pretty standard formalized testing uh, environment? Yeah, so we do the the sixth through first Q just in house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have that designation of Fuko Shidoen, so I'm allowed to give that rank. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we have to take them in front of a Shihan, mm-hmm. uh, which is can be done in-house uh, if I bring someone in for a seminar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have a really good relationship with another gentleman who I consider one of my main teachers, uh, Skip Chapman, out of New Jersey. Uh, he's a sixth on. So when I bring him in, every once in a while, he'll also administer tests to my black belts. Mm-hmm. You have a, a lot of black belts here at this school. Currently, I have underneath me. I'm counting on the not not a coffee right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a good six black belts underneath me, okay. and it was, you know, when I when I took over the school, it was me and, and my buddy Jeff. Mm-hmm. It was just us two, so I've kind of over the years have slowly but surely have grown it up. What's the uh, what's the time span in Aikido from beginning to black belt? If somebody's actually training regularly, slow. Right? <laughs> it's slower than Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because that's a yeah, that would be ten year. That would be usually, yeah. yeah it, I would say they're very mm-hmm. similar depending mm-hmm. on how how you practice. Uh, I would say Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which I had the pleasure of training for a couple of years, mm-hmm. is probably the only system I know that's as slower, slower and mm-hmm. grading than we are. Sure, I think that's changing a little bit. Because, unfortunately, I think people get a little bit bored, especially Americans, because they like to jump in rank. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really important to make sure that you're you're ready to accept that rank. Sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I've, I've been just talking with other with jujitsu, Brazilian uh, jujitsu instructors. You know, it, it was so rare in America to have black belts for so long that 
you know, people would start teaching, you know, after three or four years, you know, at much lower ranks, but it's getting to be more common, um, finally, but, uh, uh, was it the same way, I guess, when Aikido started? Oh, yeah. I mean, when I took over, I had my brown belt. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a black belt. I'm sure I had several people walk in the door and just automatically see that I didn't have a black belt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're nice, but when they walked out the door, we're like, no. Plus, I was young, so right. that probably didn't help either. Uh, but, you know, you can't always judge a book by its cover. And a lot of time, that teacher may have, like you're just asking me about my lineage, they may have mm-hmm. a lineage behind them that supports them. And mm-hmm. I was always very lucky to have really good teachers uh, that helped support me. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, then, about this school here in Denton and how the school works, the classes, what kind of programs do you have? Um, you know, do you have a children's program here? And- I do, and our, mm-hmm. our kids' program has really blossomed lately. Uh, I'd say it's half of our membership is, is mm-hmm. kids. Um, I run two age categories in the kid program. I run a junior samurai and a samurai program. Around fourth grade, I, I bump them up to the, the samurai program depending mm-hmm. on the maturity level and size and, and technique. Uh, they're a little bit different. The junior samurai is a little more basic, and I don't mm-hmm. let them throw each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. uh, I only let them throw adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, when they get to the samurai program, they start to work with each other mm-hmm. and take falls for each other. And so to be a little bit care- more careful in that. What age do you start? I'll accept yeah. a student as young as five, mm-hmm. as long as they're mature enough. Right. They, especially if they have a brother or sister, then it's no worries at all. Mm-hmm. I have accepted four-year-olds, but rarely. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting about the about the throwing because, uh, you know, in judo... Uh, you know, one of the first things you learn in judo is how to fall. Yes. Yeah, that's the first thing they teach you is rolling and falling. Yes. Before you ever do anything else. And, uh, and even my junior samurai kids, they, we, we teach them how to fall. Mm-hmm. We just don't let them throw each other. Right. And I, I always tell the parents, you know, your kids are going to fall down either today mm-hmm. or tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're real big on teaching them, you know, your head never touches the ground, keep mm-hmm. your spine off the ground. So... Those are definitely life lessons more than mm-hmm. anything else. Um, and then what about your um, adult programs that you have? Uh... Yes, yeah, so I have an adult program. Uh, we train uh, three or four nights a week and then on Saturday mornings. Uh, it's an open class, open curriculum. Mm-hmm. So everyone works with everyone. There's no quote-unquote beginner's class mm-hmm. or advanced class. I expect my senior students to work with the newer students, and that's part of their, their training as well. Mm-hmm. Great. Do you do, um, do your students train at, at, with other schools? You, so you're uh, kind of a cooperation with Aikido of Dallas. Do you kind of cross-train sometimes? With- sure. I mean, we're all part of the United States Aikido Federation, mm-hmm. USAF. Uh, so we're, we're one big, somewhat happy family. <laughs> uh, we have very close ties to Dallas. Uh, usually where we see them is when we host seminars. Mm-hmm. So Dallas will have two seminars a year. Austin Aiki Kai will have two, three seminars a year. We have a summer seminar. Mm-hmm. So we all kind of get together and, and train with each other mm-hmm. at those times. So that was one of my other questions. So you, you sometimes have, you bring people in for seminars and events here? And- Absolutely. And especially mm-hmm. in Texas, because we're kind of on the periphery of everything. A lot of the, the Aikido is on the west or east coast. Mm-hmm. It's changed a little bit, of course. Uh, but we've, Texas has been pretty good about bringing in high-level instructors for mm-hmm. the last 10, 20 years. Sure. Um, can you, can you um, maybe describe then a little bit about what, um, you know, Aikido is a very different martial art from a lot of others. Uh, can you kind of explain the concept behind it? Sure. And how, you know, how you train and things like that? Um, it's, I would say the most unique thing about Aikido is its ethic. Uh, we, 
we try to espouse the ethic of nonviolence mm-hmm. uh, and not it's not a necessarily a combat art uh, like I'll give another opposite example would be like Krav Maga which mm-hmm. is specific, some people would not even call it a martial art right. they call it a combat art mm-hmm. uh, we're kind of on the other end uh, so there there definitely is a discussion of a spiritual development there uh, that's a it's a tough nut to crack when you're teaching. I, I still personally think that that martial technique is very important and needs to be live mm-hmm. and enlivened within the practice. Uh, but our our art is not meant to to damage more than it needs to. Some would call it a grappling style, mm-hmm. but I think that also kind of dismisses the idea of striking, which is is there in our art. Uh, we don't necessarily learn how to kick or strike, but a timmy mm-hmm. or distraction strikes are definitely a part of the art. Uh, we work off a lot of joint manipulation, mm-hmm. especially wrist manipulation, elbow manipulation, uh, disrupting of the center, kind of like judo. Uh, so we do a lot of big throws and pins. Sure. And um, Aikido, you know, in my mind, has always been... Aikido and Hapkido, similar in many ways, except in Hapkido they do kick quite a bit. Right. Um, but, you know, it's, it's more about using the, your opponent's momentum against them. Absolutely. Know. So that's another big, uh, a big selling point for me is because I was never a big guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm six foot 150, and I'm at my heaviest I've ever been in my life, mm-hmm. and that's because I do weight training now. Uh, when I started, I was probably 120, 125. Mm-hmm. So doing a martial art that didn't need a lot of big brute strength was attractive to me. Uh, And learning how to use someone else's weight against them was definitely something that kind of hooked me in. I think that really helps whenever we're teaching kids as well because obviously a kid is going to be oversized if an adult attacks them or someone bigger is trying to bully them. Uh, So just kind of knowing how to use those techniques to their advantage is Mm -hmm. helpful. Yeah, and Aikido is, I think, one of the more fun to watch martial arts because it's very flow flowy it has a great flow to it um, there's definitely a partnering aspect to it Mm -hmm. um, which is also probably one of the main criticisms of our uh, training protocol Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think that's part of well not just part I think that is the essence of the art Uh, one person is the uke the attacker Mm -hmm. and they offer an attack while the other person is the nage and receives and demonstrates and creates the technique Uh, I think that partnering aspect is really at the heart of what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that really walks outside the dojo and really helps us with our relationships, whether it's family, friends, business. And kind of understanding when you're one or the other and understanding how to deal with a certain conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, how big is uh, self-defense in your program Huge. Which is another, uh, I don't mean to point out people's criticisms, Mm -hmm. but since we don't have competition in our art, Mm -hmm. which I think people have this misnomer about because really a lot of traditional Eastern martial arts never had competition Mm -hmm. in them. That was kind of a more modern uh, event put on them. Uh, People think it's not practical or it doesn't work. but I think it's it's important because we're not putting our ego into it. And mm-hmm. I, I've trained Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I understand the competitive aspect. I think it's it can be really important, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toei Sensei used to say, maybe if we competed, we would be better because we'd give all our heart. 
but I think that was more of a question of why aren't we giving our heart right. without having mm-hmm. to compete. <laughs> so that was my next question, actually, was in, is if there was any kind of competition in Aikido. But... There's, there's competition, in, uh, I believe, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think the Tamiki style of, of Aikido has some competition, and it's based on who has the most aesthetically pleasing technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe some knife stuff, too, with like chalk lines on them, but we, we don't really have uh, any competition whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say the most lively part of our, our practice is called uh, Giyawaza. Um, some people would refer to it as Randori, although there's some slight differences between the two. And that's a multiple attacker situation. Mm-hmm. You'll usually see those on on black belt tests. Mm-hmm. I personally make all of my students do it on every one of their tests. Uh, I don't think that it should be something that we make them wait to do until they get to black belt mm-hmm. because then it's just hard to learn. So I sure. try to ingrain, I even make my kids do multiple attacker situations, mm-hmm. even if limited attacks on their first belt test. Uh, and that's where two to four to five people come at you at once. You mm-hmm. don't know what they're going to do. It could be any attacks that we, we train with. Sure. And I, I really feel like that's the essence of mm-hmm. where you're at in your awareness. Uh, what kind of weapons training do you do, or is it, is it mainly just def- defense against weapons? Or um, there is some you know, quite a bit of weapons work. Again, mm-hmm. it kind of depends on what style you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lineage I'm underneath didn't do a whole heck of a lot of weapons, but I'm, I'm actually starting to change that because I just had a transplant from another style who mm-hmm. has a, a larger weapons base than I do. So I've allowed him to to start teaching more weapons. Mm-hmm. He's a Chiba Sensei student. Uh, but the three weapons that we use are the Bulkin or the sword, the Joe, which is a five-foot staff, and uh, the Tonto, the knife. Mm-hmm. Mainly disarms, but there are also Waza, or techniques, uh, using both the Joe and the Bulkin. Mm-hmm. But this gentleman knows a lot of Kumitach and Kumijo, where both people have a sword, both mm-hmm. people have a Joe. And I find this very fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a really good translation to open hand, too. Mm-hmm. They're very, very wedded. Mm-hmm. And... and- uh, is that sort of or how closely related would Aikido and Kendo be? I mean, do they have similar besides I'm, besides the pants, <laughs> besides yeah. the hakama? At yeah, least you know their the pants. <laughs> yeah. I did Kendo. A little, yeah. Bit, yeah, I don't really know. Now, mm-hmm. I think that one of the things that they probably have in common, and that I find that that most Japanese arts have in common, is the abruptness or the. And it's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found this very interesting when I started training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because it's completely different. Take your time. It's a long game. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, 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 I think it's mired in the culture. You know, in Japan, the sword goes up, sword goes down, someone's dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from what I, little I know of Brazilian culture, they're laid back, right. easy going, you know, still vibrant, mm-hmm. but in no rush, right? So... I think it's interesting to kind of look at the cultures that these martial arts come from to, to see how they're performed as mm-hmm. well. Uh, how much um, of, of Japanese culture is incorporated into your teaching? I mean, definitely, uh, you still use termino- Japanese terminology for... Absolutely. And, uh, and I think that the terminology is important and not to change it because my students can go anywhere in the world mm-hmm. and they know those words and that vocabulary. And even if they don't, like they went to France, they may not understand the teacher's French, but if he said the Japanese words for the Mm -hmm. techniques, you know, they could be keyed in right away. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I teach actually more Japanese words to my kids, probably than my adults, mm -hmm. <laughs> as a call and response. But mm -hmm. it allows us to talk about character building and, and whatnot and little bigger ideas. Do you do counting in Japanese? Oh, absolutely. Like counting. Mm -hmm. They know mm -hmm. one through 20 or 30. And mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, fortunately, I have a student who's from Japan. Mm -hmm. So uh, every once in a while, when a teacher will say a really esoteric word or concept mm -hmm. in Japan, Japanese, I'll, I'll ask her what it means. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, you know, I found uh, sometimes the the original term also is the only way to describe something. Yeah. Is, in Taekwondo, some of the really advanced kicks, the name in Korean is you know it, it doesn't translate. Yeah. It just there's no way to translate it into English in a, in a good way. So. Uh, have you been to Japan and, and studied there at all? Or? I've never been to Japan. It's mm -hmm. uh, one of my lifelong uh, lifelong dreams to, mm -hmm. to go and practice at Humbu Dojo, which mm -hmm. is the headquarters. Mm -hmm. yeah. Great. Let's see what else we've got about the school. Is there anything else about just your, the school in general that you'd like to let people know about? Or how, you know, what kind of schedule do you have here at the school when your classes meet? Um, we're a nonprofit organization. Mm -hmm. I think that's uh, important to know. We've been in the area for quite a while. Uh, the adult classes meet Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night from 6.45 to 8, Saturday morning from 11.15 to 12.15, 12.30 to 1.30. Uh, we've got a good group of diverse people, mm -hmm. which make, always makes me very happy. Uh, different people from all walks of life, and uh, it's something that I encourage my students. Uh, even though we, we share the techniques, I expect them to have different approaches to why they're doing them and how they're doing them. Um, outside of, um, so just got a couple questions maybe about sure. Outside of Aikido, if there was another art you could study that you'd like to, is there, is there something? Yes. <laughs> so I, I studied Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu here in town with the Reading Brothers mm -hmm. for about two and a half years and attained my blue belt, which I would probably have to take off if I went back would want to. Uh, I would definitely, if I had more time, I also run a CrossFit facility in mm -hmm. town. Uh, if I had more time, I would definitely do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu again. Uh, I found the, the technique application very similar to what we do in Aikido. Mm -hmm. I immediately when understood why I fall and roll the way I do once I started training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. There was definitely there was a lot of crossover there. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I, I would definitely like to go back to that. Um, and if I had even more time, I would definitely like to pick up boxing. Mm -hmm. I'd only train, though, if I knew I had the right teacher. Mm -hmm. I'd be very picky about that. Uh, I'm not interested in competing. I did compete in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu when I did it. Uh, it's not in my nature, but I did it anyway because yeah. it was part of the art, and mm -hmm. I wanted to respect that. Uh, but boxing would be another one that would kind mm -hmm. of intrigues me. I'm just now starting to... Um get into some actual learning actual boxing techniques because all the martial arts I've always trained you know the the punching is, is secondary to the kicking you know right. or whatever else and they don't teach boxing in to just do a few classes I've done so far with you know 14 ounce gloves on it's it's uh, something else yeah. <laughs> it's very different and, and very very hard and uh, sometimes I watch boxing matches and I'm like these guys are going so slow. Why don't? Why aren't they doing so? <laughs> after five minutes with his gloves on, I'm like, I think I would probably. Be you know that why? Too. Yeah, I guess pretty tired. So yeah, boxing is a big one. It's the first time I've really gotten into that. Into that as well. Um, and then uh, another one. I'm just kind of asking everybody the same two questions. And another one is, um, you know, is there someone? Um, you know, probably the founder of your art. But if you could think of dead or alive, movie star, not 
practitioner, somebody who you think is like one of the most influential martial artists, maybe that you'd like to meet, or just of all time? Or oh, that's a tough question. Mm-hmm. I'm a big MMA fan, so mm-hmm. I definitely uh, grew up watching those. You know, I still watch some of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, that's hard. I mean, definitely, I would. I would like to meet some of the, the Aikido teachers in Japan. Mm-hmm. That's a big question. Off the top of my hand, I would love to meet Randy Couture. He was someone that I really enjoyed watching in MMA because mm-hmm. uh, I thought he was one of the first Americans who really took a, a gritty boxer wrestling grappling style and made it effective. Sure. And he was beating bigger people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always like to watch a smaller guy beat a bigger guy. Right. I, I think that's a really... The essence of martial arts to me is is that is mm-hmm. being able to use technique against a, a larger opponent. And I think... Uh, a book I read by Henzo Gracie kind of spouted that philosophy as well. Uh, I mean, everyone's going to say Bruce Lee, of course, sure. but I think he—I think he really is important. He was mm-hmm. a philosopher, not just a, a movie star. I could give two licks about meeting Steven Seagal. I think he's <laughs> horrible. <laughs> I, I wish we could just divorce him from Aikido right. altogether. I think he's a horrible example of a, of a martial artist mm-hmm. and, uh, and what our art is about. Not to end on a negative note. <laughs> yeah, I, I, funny. I, I never knew that he, I guess, was a... So I guess he's supposed to be the first American that ever, ever had a school in Japan or something? I, I never he was, and, and he yeah, has a very... Before the movies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he does have a legitimate lineage there. Mm-hmm. Uh, his first wife, who he abandoned when he came back to America, her father ran that dojo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wouldn't want to mess with him when he was younger. Sure. But, I mean, sure, there's... <laughs> yeah, well, there, yeah, there's always those, those. Every I think every art has those people, and uh, um, almost everything has. Those yeah, people. yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> every art has one yeah, of those people yeah. in there. And unfortunately, I he's think we're ours. okay because I think he's immigrated to Russia now. Anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anderson Silva too. I'd really like to meet Anderson Silva. Uh, I think he and Leota Machida espouse that martial respect when they enter. Uh, they have this, when I see them in interviews or see them talking to their, their gym mates when they're training, mm-hmm. you can tell that it's not just about winning. Right. And I think that that's the only thing I don't like about the advent of MMA is that it's become about winning. And mm-hmm. I think if you're focused on winning, then you've mm-hmm. kind of missed the point. Yeah, and so, so many people now decide they want to just uh, be an MMA fighter and they just yes. start straight with that without actually... You know, going back to I, I enjoyed the UFC more when it was when it was actually mixing martial arts right, against right, each right. other. You know, because that's that was uh, the the blood sport kumite <laughs> yes. you know, of, of it all. But um, uh, but but you know, and you're right from those days. You know, to watch Boyce Gracie take down sumo wrestlers, yeah. you know, it's, it's 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 definitely something. But today. Everybody's the exact same size. They're yes. all doing the exact same. It's a sport. Yeah, it's a sport. They've all trained in the exact same ways. Um, I'm just now getting into learning about the whole idea of them cutting weight, which I think is insane. Yeah, it is insane. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, and, uh, the, the bringing up a sport is really important mm-hmm. because it, it, martial arts to me aren't sport. Mm-hmm. It's a little. It's a different. You kind of the road separates there. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's. I don't think it's wrong. I just think mm-hmm. it's it's different. And it's interesting how something like the you know Gracie Jiu Jitsu began as a self defense system, but now it's you know turned into this huge competition idea too. Although I think they would teach self defense first. The 
you know, the Gracies themselves, and then, but it's, it's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu itself has gone off to be such a competition-based... Uh, yeah, and even movie. Hicks and Gracie is mm-hmm. very, uh, very uh, critical of that mm-hmm. point, and is, I think has tried to made, uh, make avenues to make another federation mm-hmm. that reward winning. Mm-hmm. You know, reward going for the submission right. instead of yeah, this point system. That's something we've talked about. I've talked about with both because uh, so far both of the other people I've interviewed are both Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu instructors and uh, you know, we've been talking about that, that's really common other all these submission-based tournaments yes. instead of point-based and it's kind of the way it's been going. But uh, Marcelo Garcia. Yeah. He'd be another one I'd want to meet. <laughs> I really love watching Marcelo Garcia. I think he also exhibits a really humble attitude and his, his technique is just really smooth. I really mm-hmm. enjoy watching him. Great. Um, well, if there's a um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about how to find the school online sure. and, in, and in real life. Maybe the what's, what's the address here? <laughs> like that? We're at four sixteen South Elm Suite one hundred. Uh, the, the landmarks you should look for is the Raven Bakery, which is the best bakery in town. We're also mm-hmm. right across the street. Probably not the it. best thing to be next to. A <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, especially if you don't yeah. eat bread like I like me. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can also find us online at aikidoofdenton.org. Uh, we have a Facebook page as well. It's very easy. You just type mm-hmm. in Aikido in Denton, and you'll we'll probably be the first thing mm-hmm. to pop up. Great. All right. Well, thanks for being here, and or being I. I'll be, I'm here. <laughs> uh, so thanks for having us uh, here to do this interview and for being a part of uh, our new podcast. Thank you. Great. Thanks. All right, well, thanks for listening. As always, you can find this podcast online at several places. Uh, on uh, Our website is dojosofdfw.wordpress.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash dojosofdfw. On Twitter, dojosofdfw, and also Instagram. Um, you can also find this uh, podcast on SoundCloud. Uh, please go to uh, iTunes or Stitcher if you are used to using those apps for podcasts. And subscribe, uh, review, um, listen to the podcast there. It's available in all those different places. Um, We've got exciting things uh, planned for the future. And um, please share this episode with uh, everyone you know. And again, stay tuned for future episodes. Thanks.